Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to I Love That Movie. This podcast is for movie lovers. It's not an unbiased opinion. It's not a straightforward review. It's just a couple people talking about a movie that they love. The format is each week I have a guest, and that guest and I discuss a movie that they love, something they're obsessed with, something they connect with. We'll talk about the plot, the director, and the actors, but we'll also talk about the personal connection my guest has with that movie. So if that sounds like something you want to listen to, keep listening. This is Lisa, and you can catch up with me on Twitter at ILTM Podcast. I'm also on Instagram at I Love That Movie Podcast, and we have a Patreon. Uh, the show is always free, but if you want to support us on there, you can. That's at Patreon.com/slash I Love That Movie. And if you donate anything, like a dollar, whatever you want, uh, you get a free bonus episode every week of just my weekly roundup of everything I don't cover on this show. So like TV shows and just, you know, newer movies and things like that. So we have a lot of fun on there. And I want to take a moment to thank my top patrons. And they are Chris Balga, Jeff Widman, Michael Cross, and Philip Barker. Thank you guys so much for keeping the lights on. Um, I have a website, I love that moviepodcast.com, a Discord group and a Facebook group. So plenty of places to interact. And in fact, uh, the following Friday after this episode drops, we will recap this episode on Get Vocal. So if you want to join us on there for the after party, you can. We'll probably talk about this movie and then teen movies, I guess. Girl-led teen movies. I don't know. We'll kind of roll with that, <laughs> whatever you guys want to chat about. Uh, but that link is in the show notes. And as always, guys, if you like what you heard today, please subscribe and rate the show. It does help new listeners find us. Uh, I've got a new guest with me here today. I have Ty. Say hi, Ty. Howdy. How are y'all doing? <laughs> good. I mean, as good as I guess we can all be right now. <laughs> yeah, for real, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ty, this is your first time on the show, so why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? Yes. Uh, my name is Ty. I live in Dallas, Texas. Um, love movies way too much. Um I know we follow each other on Twitter and yeah, I'm sure you've seen my crazy list of like movies that I'll watch a billion times that I add to every once in a while. I love it. I'm <laughs> like, yes, yes. <laughs> I have, I have some different movie tastes, but I think that makes it interesting. Um, I'm also a drag queen. Uh, if anybody likes drag, check me out. I'm Deb Osheri. Uh, you can find me on um, Instagram and Facebook and just my regular boy twitter i post drag stuff when i do it um yeah that's that's it i'm just a huge nerd i mean we know each other through nerdy <laughs> stuff <laughs> exactly yeah through like cosplay and stuff yeah your drag shows are awesome what i've like i was kind of it's weird i was sort of weirdly glad it was like you had to do digital because like now i can see it <laughs> <laughs> right it makes it so much more accessible it's been it's been interesting kind of like transitioning from going out to the bars to doing digital shows I haven't been so good about like doing them all the time just because sometimes I like struggle to find the creativity right now to like 
like, when you're in such a tiny space too, yeah. you know, it's different from like having a stage. It is. And I mean, there are some bars that have itty bitty tiny stages too, but something about <laughs> doing it in your living room or your kitchen. Um, There's not that validation immediately, like of audience going, yes, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, my cat jumps on me, but that's, that's a little bit different. I'm like, no, no, don't rip these dance tights. They were $12. <laughs> it's a bonus. <laughs> it's yes. like an extra sideshow that happens too. Yeah. <laughs> For real. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, um, yeah, I, I will, you know, link that in our show notes as well. So people can check you out there too. But um, we are here to talk about a movie and my guest always picks the movie. So what movie did you want to talk about today? I picked an early aughts teen and kind of gay classic Mean Girls. Um, I am so glad you picked this. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's it's such a it's such a fun movie. Um, it did surprisingly well in theaters for being kind of just mm -hmm. this funky little teen movie that had quite a lot of black comedy in it. It gets grouped in a lot with um, kind of like the the Queen Bee trilogy of movies that have nothing to do with each other except that they feature kind of like this evil Queen Bee at school, and that's Heather's um, Hard Candy. And then, or no, not Hard Candy, I'm sorry, Jawbreaker and Mean Girls. Um, and Mean Girls kind of mm -hmm. rounded it all out. And Mean Girls is probably like the, probably the nicest of the three. <laughs> they you know, they I definitely still couldn't get away seen with Heathers. You haven't seen Heathers? I know, oh isn't that weird? <laughs> We're going to have to get together on like a Zoom and watch Heathers together because yes, I, I, would I can't to. believe you haven't watched that. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to do another episode about you. Heathers. Oh, let's. Um, before you picked this movie, you asked about Drop Dead Gorgeous. Yes. And that's another episode that we've done previously. But I feel like there's weirdly, there's connections with this one and that one too. I guess just like the, you know, girl that's uh, kind of a fish out of water, like, you know, different yes. from the other girls. Like there's some connections there too, but mainly the humor, I think sort of the, echoes that like yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of dark comedy in both um mm -hmm. and the main characters have this kind of naivete that they just don't get all the terrible things that are happening around them like <laughs> yeah. but but they they persevere through um yeah but no and i think that's that's also why they speak so um so loudly to to lgbtqia plus audiences uh, feeling yeah. like that outcast. I mean, <laughs> it's it's a lot of teen movies that end up as like gay cult classics. Um, and I think because we all just feel like a fish out of water, you know? So this movie came out in 2004. So I was trying to think back. I'm like, okay, I was, I had graduated high school, I think in 02. So I was tw like 20 by the time this came out. <laughs> <laughs> so I was not a teenager, but I remember being, amazed by how much i liked the movie and how funny it was yeah and then of course when i found out tina fey wrote it i'm like oh well that makes all the sense in the world but when did when did you first see it uh, i think i saw it a year after it came out so um i would have been like 16 when the movie came out and i saw it when i was 17 uh it's it's a weirdly specific story um i was up in lindenhurst illinois which actually isn't too far from where they based the film yeah, I it's noticed that when I was reading weird. about it. 
yeah. seems random too. Like most of the time, you know, uh, high school movies are in like LA or New York or, you know, like somewhere. Yeah. And um, this was in big. like a sh- Chicago suburb, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then filmed in, uh, what was it? Like Montreal or no Toronto. That makes sense. I feel like everything yeah. is now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, I was up there for my aunt and uncle's 30th wedding anniversary, and they had this big party at their house and renewed their vows. And then afterwards, my cousin was like, hey, we're going to have a um, an after party at my place. Uh, my cousins are like way older than me. My mom's the youngest daughter. Um, oh, so, gotcha. <laughs> so they're all like 10 to 15 years older than my sister and I. But um, yeah, we went over to their place and my cousin was like, oh, check it out. Uh, I'm gay and like all of these people in this room are gay except for those two and they're like the straight couple that we tolerate (laughs) so so I was like oh cool I was 17 at the time and I was like okay this is awesome it was like my first real big dose of like gay culture at my cousin's house but um yeah we we drank beverages all night um and then when everybody else had passed out my uh cousin's roommate and I hadn't been drinking as much. I mean, it was 17, so technically I wasn't supposed to be drinking. But, uh, <laughs> but you're in high school. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real, for real. Um, <laughs> so he was like, do you want to watch a movie? And I said, sure. And we went over to their little movie case. And I was like, just pick something fun that I haven't seen. And he pulled out Mean Girls. And I was like, no, I haven't seen that. So we made some popcorn, grabbed some candy and sodas, and went up to his room and watched Mean Girls. And I just loved it like I mean it reminded me I was in high school at the time and I was about the age of the characters so I was like holy shit this was it was a lot of fun to watch and I don't know it's always just kind of stuck with me since then um yeah but that's my weirdly specific story about how I saw this movie (laughs) I love that that's way more interesting than like I went to the movie theater (laughs) that's all I got uh I enjoyed it um but yeah this movie has become such a classic I mean it it makes sense that you have like a story behind watching it because I think so many people uh related so well to this film and yeah it becomes kind of part of your memory part of your part of your childhood and that's awesome that you're like around the age of the characters yeah um yeah and and before we go forward it's kind of jumped ahead I I tend to do that um (laughs) I'm going to read the the summary of it really quick. I mean, I, you know, I don't think people are too worried about spoilers, but if you are and you haven't seen this and you've been meaning to, maybe pause and and go watch it and then come back, but if please, not, if you Please still go here, watch it. Yes, <laughs> it's going to be a better experience if you have watched it. But if you're still here, here's the summary. Uh teenage Katie Heron was educated in Africa by her scientist parents. When her family moves to the suburbs of Illinois, Katie finally gets to experience public school and gets a quick primer on the cruel, tacit laws of popularity that divide her fellow students into tightly knit cliques. She unwittingly finds herself in the good graces of an elite group of cool students dubbed the Plastics. But Katie soon realizes how her shallow group of new friends earned its nickname. Uh... And, and even reading that, I'm trying, I try to not mispronounce her name and call her Caddy or whatever they call her in the, right. in the movie because it's spelled yeah. so weird, which is like a specific detail that I just, I don't know. There's so many things like that in this movie that I really like, like even her name being like hard to 
pronounce. Um, this was directed by Mark Walt Waters, mm-hmm. and the screenplay was by Tina Fey. And I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of times people forget that she was so involved in this. Yeah, like she people wrote will it. say things. Yeah, go ahead. Um, also, and it was produced by Lauren Michaels, who worked with Tina Fey oh. on SNL. Yeah, so I feel yep. like it's almost an unofficial SNL movie. It really is, because there's so many cast members in this movie. But it's mm-hmm. funny, like, that used to be a, th- a thing that I would say when people go, oh, that movie's so funny. And I'm like, well, yeah, it's Tina Fey. Like, and they're mm-hmm. like, it is? And I'm like, it is. Uh, you know, Mark Waters directed, like, 500 Days of Summer and, like, you know, movies like that. So it's I think it's different from, you know, some of his other work. But it, it's definitely got, like, that there's an SNL stamp on it for sure. Like you can really tell the humor is kind of in that vein. And so it's a teen movie, but it's got, you know, that kind of comedy power behind it too. So yeah. And I mean, a lot Tina Fey, the way she had originally written it, I mean, it would have easily gotten an NC 17. Um, And the MPAA was actually, (laughs) actually made them cut a lot of material and change a lot of things. Like there is a line in the film made out with a hot dog. And if you look carefully and watch the the character say it, um, you actually see that they're saying masturbate. Um, they had to <laughs> they had to dub over the line, um, and then also go and reshoot a scene where they're um, paging through the the burn book um, and redo that page because the MPAA considered that too inappropriate and was threatening them with an NC seventeen rating. Which is a that movie is killer. Absurd. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's like ridiculous. I mean, that's not that bad. Like, no, it's really not. No. I mean, God, <laughs> it's it's no worse than what Porky's in the eighties. Remember those right. movies? Yeah, it's like I guess if it's a girl, it's different somehow to them. Uh, I don't know. That's really silly. <laughs> I mean, that's a statement and sexism right there. <laughs> if, it, sure. if it's a movie about teenage boys, they can get away with a lot more than a movie about teenage girls. They can. I feel like people are like clutching their pearls when they hear certain things, if it's teenage girls for whatever reason. But we've, you know, come a long way, like from this since Booksmart, I guess, that you can get away with a lot more now. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I had a couple of quick facts, uh, actually to jump off your fact. <laughs> and then if you want to jump in too, or you have other facts to, to add as well, that that's cool too. Um, the first one I have is that Amy Poehler, who plays Mrs. George is only seven years older than her on-screen daughter, Rachel McAdams, AKA <laughs> Regina. <laughs> so they actually they talk about that in the um, the commentary on the film, <laughs> and they oh, said, "Oh, I bet that's a fun commentary. I should have watched that." <laughs> oh, it's it's fabulous. They're like, "Yeah, we we had to try and age Amy Poehler, but like she's supposed to be this mom pretending to be cool, and we would put her in these like young outfits, but then we were like, damn, she looks too young now.'" Um, so they were like, <laughs> "We made up for it by putting her in an atrocious wig." <laughs> yeah the hair really sells it it really says i'm not this isn't a good haircut for me yes (laughs) this is aging me (laughs) it's funny too now because i think amy poehler we sort of think of her as like leslie nope so we're you know quickly in our minds now are like oh yeah amy poehler like she's uh, you know a mature woman you know (laughs) she's she's not a kid but like at this time you know during like snl i mean you know they were 
younger. And so, yeah, it makes sense that they would have to do that. And plus, Rachel McAdams is playing much younger, which I think, you know, that that's what makes the role work so well, though, because it, it always feels that way when there's like a really popular girl at school. It's like she just seems smarter and more mature than everybody else. And that's intimidating, too, which is kind of why they casted her. You know, I heard that she intimidated uh, Liz, Lindsay Lohan that when they were on set together, the director was just like, yeah, she needs to be Regina because I can just see like, you know, there's a little bit of tension between them of uh, Lindsay just feeling like awe at her acting and, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, and like Lindsay was hot at the moment. Like she had just done oh, uh, yeah. Freaky Friday also with um, with Mark Waters. Um, and then they did this film together. And Lindsay had actually originally been considered for Regina George and had mm-hmm. initially initially auditioned for it. Um, but actually her management didn't want her to take the role of Regina George um, because they were be worried like about her image. Yeah, yeah, they wanted her to keep kind of the squeaky <laughs> clean image. So they swapped it, um, which is really funny because Rachel McAdams at the time was much bigger. I mean, she had just done the notebook and everything. So she was kind of the the star power in this film um, and it would have been playing, you know, another nice girl uh, and instead ended up as, you know, Queen Bee. <laughs> yeah, and I think it worked out. Like, I like the two of them in the roles that they ended up in, because I think even just her being like a little bit older kind of makes more sense. Like, yeah, I don't know. There just feels like there's a hierarchy there, even when you just see the two of them sharing a screen for some reason. And then this was Amanda Seyfried's uh, first film role as Karen Smith. I never know if I'm saying her name right. But, uh, it's Amanda um, <laughs> Seyfried. I actually, I Googled Seyfried. it before okay, this. Thank yes. you. <laughs> <laughs> I could have done that too, but I didn't. So thank you. <laughs> no, yeah, this was her first role. Um, and she had actually also auditioned for Regina George, but um, the casting director said she was too scary though, that she came off kind oh of my like God. a, yeah, they said that her take on it was like this almost psycho killer. Um, yes I kind of want to see that uh, right <laughs> like where did that movie go I would like to see that that take <laughs> that, that one would have been a little bit closer to Heather's I think <laughs> mm, yeah that makes sense um, the last one that I have is that the movie's based on the book which they mentioned in the in the beginning uh, queen bees and wannabes helping her daughter survive clicks gossip boyfriends and other realities of adolescence by uh, Rosalind Wiseman even though that's actually nonfiction parental self-help with no narrative at all but it was adapted into this movie and um, I guess you know I, I don't know if the original has humor to it but Maybe Tina Fey was just like, "There's, there's a lot here that we can." I, I think it has. It. I think it has unintentional humor to it because they actually <laughs> they kept scenarios, scenarios and lines directly from the book and put them into the film. Oh. So, like, um, the the author would kind of go over these scenarios of of things that could and would happen, um, and they literally just took those and smacked them into the movie. Um, I see. Yeah, so it it is very strange that they made a comedy film, a teen comedy film, <laughs> out of a <laughs> a nonfiction self help book for moms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, but it, but it's amazing too because like you know Tina Fey writing it, she's like mom age, so it's mm-hmm. she's got this great like 
perspective, I think, on adolescence, like where you're kind of far away from it. But I don't know. It's like you kind of see it from both angles. I, I, I appreciate that. But yeah, yeah. Um, those were the only quick facts that I had. So I think maybe we should transition into uh, talking about some of your favorite scenes and then we can kind of weave in, you know, talking about casting and stuff, too. Yeah. Um, gosh, this movie just. I think my favorite parts are all the Karen parts like Karen <laughs> is probably the the least prominent of the plastics, mm-hmm. but she's just she's so funny and Amanda just plays it so well just this ditzy airhead who has no idea what's going on um she's not really a mean girl i think she's just she was pretty and ended up getting adopted into the plastics kind of the way um katie was and she's just she's too much of an airhead to realize what's going on (laughs) yeah i i love her because i think that's a tough character to play and not be like kind of an like annoying and um yeah where you're kind of like okay get her line over so we can get back to the other characters but instead she like adds a lot because she delivers every single like ditzy line so incredibly well like it's genuinely hilarious when yes. she does but then she looks so earnest in the background like she's always smiling warmly but there's still like kind of that dead look behind the eyes <laughs> and i don't yeah. i don't know how it's she like, pulled that off but it's fabulous <laughs> yeah because she's not like this like in any other role i don't think you know we later we get her like in mama mia and like she's had such a big career now but it's like yeah she just she just does that like doe-eyed uh ditzy girl and you're right she's not really mean she's just kind of there and (laughs) and like you said she's beautiful so she just and she's compliant i think is probably the main reason why (laughs) regina likes her um, and she seems to emote sometimes, you know, when something upsets her, but she doesn't ever really react too much. <laughs> it's just kind of like yeah. goes with the flow. I think her biggest emote um, would probably be the their little phone traps that they would do with their three waying each other into the I phone calls without letting them know. I love that. Ugh. Yes. It's so like this whole movie, it's sort of it's like a little bit traumatic because it's so incredibly similar to like like a lot of the dynamics of friendships i had i mean high school and after um between girls it just nails it so well uh but yeah the phone the phone calls are just they're the best (laughs) i love it and we managed to have this entire movie that still feels relevant but there's not one mention of cyberbullying yeah because it's like i don't know regina's just she takes it to the next level it's it's psychological terrorism i mean <laughs> she doesn't need the internet to like ruin people's lives no she, she just really gets doesn't. in your head yeah <laughs> like I mean, watching it this time i was like man she is i mean they need to keep an eye on this one because who knows what evil she can accomplish when she's an adult like it's truly terrifying so kind of going off on that a little bit uh, Tina Fey, when they originally did the movie, um, they were optioned for a sequel and Tina Fey said, no, she didn't want to do it. Um, and kind of moved on, which this movie actually was, uh, a star maker for her. It proved that she could write, uh, profitable films. This was her first yeah. big writing credit on a film that made a lot of money. Um, so this started her career as a film writer. 
Um, wow. And then eventually they did Mean Girls 2, which was like a direct to TV, like made for TV movie. Um, and Tina Fey now says that she regrets not doing a sequel um, and that the sequel would have been all of the the main cast coming back and their their daughters being in high school now and them all being on the PTA. <laughs> I love that. I think especially now that would really work because you've got like, you know, Cobra Kai and like so many projects where they're the parents now. Like, yes. That would. But, you know, that's the curse of if you say no to a sequel, they're going to do it anyway. So you better do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, that's you might as well. It is. <laughs> Keep some creative control of what you created, you know? Yeah. Man, man, yeah, this, this is, you know, isn't this pre like 30 Rock too? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, it's weird. It, it's so different now. Like her career is just huge. Um, but yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And so many names, like when I went back and watched this, it had been a little while since I'd seen it. And I was like, oh, I forgot like Lizzie Kaplan was in this and mm-hmm. Gasteyer and, you know, of course, Tim Meadows, like mm-hmm. ugh, just so many great casting choices. <laughs> it's well, just such a good. They movie. almost didn't cast Lizzie. Really? They thought she was too pretty. I could see that. They were like, you're too pretty. And she came in and had like grunged herself up and was like, no, honey, I'm getting this role. Um, and they ended up, you know, dyeing her hair black, doing the smudgy eyeliner. And I mean, she pulled that off in a way I don't know any other actress at the time could have. And she just killed it. And I love her to death. Like, I remember yeah. seeing Cloverfield in films and she was my, or in theaters, and she was my absolute favorite in that. And I didn't even make the connection that she was she was Janice Ian. <laughs> yeah, I definitely did not. It the the closest thing I can compare her character to, she reminds me a lot of um oh gosh, what's her name? Janine Garofalo in mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. Yes. Very much like cut from the same cloth. <laughs> so I really, really here for it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! Um, yeah, which is another great movie. Nobody has picked yet. I'm like, that's like one of my favorite movies. Ever. Okay, we're but, we're adding that to the list. Yeah, I'm like, y'all, how you know? That's <laughs> like, you know, for me, like if I if I put this in a trilogy, like I respect the real, you know, three that connect the most. But for me, it's like, uh, pr- probably just showing my age a little bit. But it's uh, Clueless, this movie, and then Romeo and Michelle. <laughs> oh, I mean that also. <laughs> That kind of ties in like going from the, the mid nineties to the mid aughts. That's actually a really yes. good That's it yeah, definitely I, does. I respect that trilogy as well. I respect <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. And I think too, like, well, yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna go down a rabbit hole if I continue. So um, so yeah, the phone conversations that you were talking about, which like which one of those is your favorite conversation? Oh, definitely. Um so so uh Oh my goodness, I just watched it and now I can't remember. But pretty much, so. Oh, what leads up to it? But Is anyway. Is it going to be the one with uh, Amanda Seyfried finally yeah, getting it, a little bit mad? <laughs> yes, getting a little bit mad. And she she ends up trying to get out of hanging out with Regina George. And she goes, <clears throat> I can't go out. I'm sick. <laughs> and Regina, who... 
I guess uh, Gretchen had just kind of tattletold on uh, Regina to um, Karen and told her that Regina thinks she's a slut behind her back. Regina <laughs> responds to that with "Boo, you whore!" <laughs> yes, <laughs> and then hangs up. <laughs> and Karen's jaw just drops. I mean, and that's like the great thing about Regina is not only is she just horrible behind your back. But when you think she's not going to say it to your face, she'll say it to your face. Like she yeah. has, she has no fear. She knows how to manipulate, but when like, you know, it comes down to it, she'll slap you in the face. Yeah, there, and 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 really, like I think you see by the end of the film, in some ways, she created like such a monster herself. Like she creates all these situations. She lights the fire. She you know, keeps it going. And then when it backfires on her, it's like, man, you have yourself directly to blame. Um, But those catty like telephone conversations are some of my favorite because I mean, I feel like everybody in high school had that one friend that did that (laughs) constantly. Yeah, Um, that would like, you know, play people against each other or even like how Gretchen wieners cracks so easily just all you have to do is tell her that regina said one mean thing about her or didn't buy her candy cane or whatever it was <laughs> it's, it's and like none for gretchen gates. wieners <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh I, I also heard that lacy was their oh, first and only choice for that character and, and she's pretty perfect <laughs> she is and that's it's kind of funny she didn't do too much after that um yeah, I, when I saw the name, I was like, oh, man, she she was big back then, but mm-hmm. I haven't seen her a whole lot anymore. No, she actually, she does Hallmark movies now. Oh, okay. Well, I have seen some Hallmark movies, but usually only on Christmas. I mean, those so. are those are the big ones, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> honey, get you that Hallmark movie. Yeah, honey. I need to. <laughs> I'm like the one friend in my group of friends that like loves the Hallmark, you know, Christmas stuff and everyone else hates it. And I'm like. You just don't understand. You have to get on board and start watching these because they're they're wonderful. Oh, they're um, they're campy and delicious. I yeah, I absolutely love them. Yes. <laughs> uh, um, let's see. What's another What's another big scene that you that you like in the movie? So funny. I could like tell you if you didn't. ask. I know me. it's hard because it's like you want to just say every scene that <laughs> that happens from start to finish. They're all so good. Um, so. There is a scene uh, during a Halloween party. Um, Katie doesn't get the memo that you're supposed to dress up like a slut. So everybody else is dressed (laughs) all like sexy and cute and um, very scantily clad. And she shows up (laughs) looking kind of like a zombie with her makeup and hair. And then in this bloody wedding dress. Uh, And when she explains it to um, to her crush, Aaron Samuels, she says that she's an ex-wife. Well, she ends up leaving the party and going back to meet up with Janice and Damien, her two kind of like undercover friends who are helping her bring down the plastics. And they're watching, um, I think it was uh, Friday the 13th. Yes, Friday the 13th. Oh, yes. (laughs) And they're like both sitting there huddled on the couch together eating popcorn and like just as Jason bursts through the window, she opens up the door, like looking like a zombie, and they just <laughs> scream. And oh my gosh, it's so funny every single time. <laughs> it, it is. It just well, and like 
that whole speech that you know uh, Lindsay gives uh, the in Girl World. This is the one night a year. I love the way that that's used now, like on TikTok, mm-hmm. where <laughs> people use that same track, but instead of like sexy costumes, it's like you know a bunch of girls dressed like Voldemort or whatever. <laughs> and I just I never get tired of it. I love that, but I definitely relate to this scenario because it's happened to me more than once um, in high school where I took Halloween very seriously and um, Mm -hmm. no one else did. I didn't get the memo about looking sexy at all. And I even remember, I don't think I was in high school anymore, but one time I went to a Halloween party and I was um, probably 18 or 19 and I showed up and I was literally the only person in a costume. Oh no. And I was wearing like an anime costume. (laughs) And it was at someone's house and it was like a really cool outdoor, like they were having a concert and I showed up as like Ray from Evangelion. <laughs> it was But wait, why, why do you even go to a Halloween party, not in a costume? I mean, a- I don't know. It was when it, I feel like there was a time, I don't know, I can't prove this, but I feel like there was a time where people would say that and then you were almost like lame and dorky if you showed up in a costume. Like it was like, I don't know. It was like, were they hazing me? I have no idea. But I showed up and I was the only one. But I met like several people that night that I ended up becoming really good friends with because they were like, oh, what is, we know what that costume is. And so it worked out for me. But I was even showing up to a party where I didn't know anybody except one person. And that happened. So every time I see this in the movie, I'm like, oh, it just reminds me of that. (laughs) (laughs) And um, and how I to this day take Halloween very seriously. So I I hear I hear where she's coming from. And yeah, that scene where she scares them. It's like insult to injury, like humiliated at the party comes over. And even your friends are terrified of you. Yes, it's pretty perfect. (laughs) But there are just there's so many good like just weird gags in the film like when they run into uh, Miss Norbury for the first time at the mall. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, "Oh no, I'm just here with my boyfriend," and like motions over to some rando who's also shopping <laughs> in that little like uh, skincare shop, and it's like this this old biker guy. <laughs> it's a very Liz Lemon thing to say for sure. Yes, and and all three of the the kids are just sitting there looking at her like uh and she's like, like it's, it's a joke y'all. It's it's literally a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like when you're a teenager you can't tell ages either, so you're like I don't know, maybe you are dating that guy. I have no idea. You're old. <laughs> You know, <laughs> and then yeah, and she kind of uh, you know, tries to get Lindsay to get on the mathletes team, mm-hmm. which I love that whole thing that's happening. But and then she's like, "Well, this was sufficiently awkward. I'm gonna leave." And it's yes. funny because there is this weird thing when you're in high school that you can't imagine that your teachers are normal people that have actual lives like that does not compute at all. And so like that whole scene is you know, it's like teachers are dorky no matter what they do they can't be normal and seeing them you know as lizzie kaplan says out in the wild is a weird it's always weird especially when they're dressed like she was in that little vest thing as a kind of like uh they were almost making fun of God, what was that restaurant bennigan's yes yeah. yes yes <laughs> yeah it was kind of like an office space yeah um i can't remember what that place was called your pieces of flair yeah um yeah, and that's another 
awkward part of it too because like tina fey's character is you know going through a divorce mm-hmm. and she's struggling she's in a lot of debt from the divorce and so she's a teacher and she's working an extra job and i think that's another thing that's happening is like kids not really being able to imagine that they won't leave high school and become rich and famous and successful yeah <laughs> so when they see an adult who has a day job and then a side job it's like you know lizzie kaplan's like oh how pathetic like <laughs> that she has to do that it's just you have unrealistic expectations of what the the real world is going to be like at that age i think you really do you don't realize what <laughs> it is to be an adult and it's it's kind of funny watching it back and then seeing all of these actors and actresses who were definitely adults at the time but still yeah. pull off being a, a teenager well um it's almost bittersweet looking at some of their careers because that's true this was this was supposed to be a star making role for Lindsay lohan um like critics loved her in this film she did really well it was an after freaky friday which did really well um they were like okay she's transitioning into adult roles she's she's gonna do well and then unfortunately she just kind of went off the deep end and yeah I mean, we've not really seen her in much. Did did you watch her little reality show that she did, I think, last year? Yikes. No, but (laughs) in some ways, I feel super guilty about Lindsay Lohan. Like, I almost feel like all of us should just, like, apologize to her because in some ways, I really feel that, like, around this time was when, like, Perez Hilton got really big and everyone was following, like, celebrity gossip on a level that mm-hmm. i mean i think it led to like reality tv right it did. um but it was on another level and i i'm like ashamed that i participated the way that not not ashamed that i read this stuff but i mean the way she was treated in the tabloids and online like remember the fire crotch stuff oh i mean it God, just yes it's it's like looking back like we were all like haha she's such a mess and now i'm like man like in in a way that was a big part of that and that was like when britney spears you know Mm -hmm. had a meltdown and stuff and like i think back then we all had this attitude of like well you know all these women are just such a mess but i'm like yeah but we're like participating in like causing it like with all of it and like ironically by being really mean like mean girls it it really it really was um gosh she used to hang out with uh like amanda Bynes, paris hilton mm-hmm. nicole ritchie they were kind of like the cool girls in yeah, la yeah. yeah um it's but, I mean, really weird she poor Lindsay. like her her parents were not good stage parents no uh, she went through especially oh she went through a lot of abuse she I mean, she was exposed to drugs and alcohol very early on. And unfortunately, it just it took control of her life. And you still see that today. She actually released a single this year. And while it's yes. not like the best piece of music, I actually like it. Oh, and I'm going to check it out. You should. Uh, I think it's called Back to Me. But okay. it's 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 really I I enjoy it. The first time I heard it, I was like, eh, but it grows on you. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, no, and her her reality show was was something else. She like uh, she owns a club in Greece. What? Yeah, <laughs> so, this is like brand new. And she had a reality show before this, like when she was young too. I think so. I remember that one too. 
but this is like a newer one. Okay. Yeah. So she owns a club in Greece and actually (laughs) opened a, um, like a resort. Oh, okay. And it, it followed the resort and like, uh, they were hiring kind of new, uh, VIP waiters and waitresses, pretty much hosts, um, Mm -hmm. to work like the cabanas and it kind of followed. Yeah. It was, it was so weird. And, (laughs) <laughs> Honey, whoever her makeup artist was for that, I was like, they need to be fired because oh. they use some colors on her. I was like, "Honey, she is a natural redhead. You do not use those colors on a natural redhead." Oh no. Yeah, like uh, yeah. But, but also she's, I was like, she's, she's I'm glad she's while. successful right now. Like she's yeah. she's kind of getting back into music. She's she's running her clubs. Um I don't think that resort is still open. I think it closed, but she opened up a, a different one in a better place. But, At least she's doing well and not like, you know, bankrupt. And you know what I mean? Like, it's not yeah. like a she's destitute somewhere. Like, I'm I'm happy to hear that because, yeah, she was such a bright star. But you're right. Like, in addition to the fame, um, mm-hmm. there was a lot of stuff that she was going through, which I feel like, you know, like sometimes people say things like, oh, famous people, they're all they all have addiction problems. And I'm like, you know, a lot of people do. It's just that with famous people they're all the cameras are on them there's plenty of people that have these problems that are not famous it's just unfortunate when you know everyone when when there when there's a spotlight on you yeah you know and i mean this this movie put a huge spotlight on her yeah i mean it it like blew up like you said it was freaking friday was like a smaller like oh that was fun disney remake but this is like Mm -hmm. this was a big deal for sure yeah no, I'm I'm glad we at least got Amanda Seyfried out of this because yes. she's she's just done so much since this. Um, I have met the actor who played uh, Damien. Uh, oh, he really? actually that's awesome. Yeah, he comes out to Dallas and goes to the the gay bars here, and so does oh, cool. um, Jonathan Bennett, who played uh, Aaron. Aaron, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool! That's here. awesome. I didn't know that. He is so corny, though. He is so corny. Have you ever watched <laughs> Cake Wars? No. Oh, my. He is he is so corny, and he's just as corny in person. Um, That's hilarious. <laughs> but no, there's... Oh, God. What are some other really good scenes? Um, I mean, so many scenes have been made into memes. Right now, there's, yes. a, there's a really good uh, political meme that has been made out of the scene where um, Regina George first meets Katie and invites her to sit down for lunch. And she says, oh my God, you're so pretty. And Katie responds, well, thank you. And Regina goes, oh, so you think you're pretty. You know, she had said it as a trap. And now mm-hmm. like the the meme format is like um, Katie saying something that's kind of like a conservative viewpoint. And then Regina coming back and saying, oh, so, and then kind of reinforcing a liberal viewpoint. Um, yes, I've seen that. <laughs> and I'm like, they, I don't know how this movie is so dang memed, but uh, what are, what it are some really good memes? Uh, she doesn't even go here. That's yeah, or... all the time. Um, I'm a mouse. <laughs> duh. Uh, we've got October 3rd, which is yes. really weird how that just pops up every year. Um, I know it, it is. And I always forget or, you know, I'm, it's not like a, a really memorable part of that movie. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that line. 
And then the few people who remember like the, and two weeks later, he talked to me again and post that gift two weeks after October 3rd. <laughs> um, on Wednesdays, we were pink. So actually that influenced me. I'm wearing pink right now. Uh, we are. Oh man, I totally forgot to. I don't have a lot of pink stuff. I well, you, you have to, if you watch this film, I'm sorry. I know. I'm just sorry. I know. And I even watched it today again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I also like, uh, you know, you can't sit with us. That's one of my favorites. There's this great shirt that has like um, a bunch of like spooky ladies on it, like, you know, like a vampire and a witch and maybe a mummy lady. I don't know. And it just says you can't sit with us. And I was like, I like that little spin. And that's that's kind <laughs> of what's what's fun about this movie is if you watch it again, especially now, like it doesn't seem overly progressive towards women for the most part, but a, yeah, a, or the LGBT. There's a few lines that I'm like, what, you know, but it was back in 2004. So I kind of get it. I mean, that's, that's one thing. Like I was watching this and they only say like the hard R word once. Um, mm. Oh, with Regina. Yeah. Yes. But like in the nineties, yeah, you're, you now you're like, like Whoa. seven or eight <laughs> times in a movie. And I'm like, okay, it's getting better. They're getting more progressive. We've only got the hard R word once. Um, but like, and I feel like it punctuates to like how she's mean. Yes. Like even in 2004, every time she uses that word, you're, I think it's meant to be like, man, she says that a lot. Yikes. You know, we're kind of getting yeah. away from that word. You know, now it's, you know, we, definitely don't say it but even in 2004 i think we were kind of starting to back up a little bit yeah but no and i i love how how women and like the lgbtqia plus community have kind of taken this movie that again wasn't so progressive and have kind of made it work for them like like you said like people who are are downtrodden or maybe don't see seem as uh accepted or seen in the community um, take these memes and these lines and kind of use them to prop themselves up. And I think that's amazing. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the makings of great writing and a great film is something that can be seen by people 20 years later. And, you know, it's still relevant, but maybe in a different way. I completely agree. And I think a lot of the seeds are planted. You can tell where it's headed. You know, when when Tina Fey's character talks about, you know, women calling each other sluts, like mm -hmm. that's not off limits in the movie, but you can see that they're making a statement about how other women participate in it, how they hurt each other and how that's toxic, you know, and then even having uh, Lizzie Kaplan's character and the, the shaming that she goes through through the whole film where Regina like claims she has a crush on her and uses that to like isolate her and constantly brings up oh well, she's a, a lesbian I can't invite a lesbian like even though that's being said that way it very much feels like they're trying to put a spotlight on like people that do these kinds of things are crappy <laughs> and yeah. if we just stand up to them and like I even love the scene where uh, Damien comes into the bathroom to the girls bathroom and he's just like <laughs> hanging out in there and that one girl's like hey get out of here and he's like Danny DeVito I love you <laughs> but it's like it's funny yeah. because he's like no I'm like I belong in here you know and it's yeah. 
that isn't something in 2004 that I, I don't think they could have like directly said some of the things that they were trying to kind of put in here, you know? Yeah. Well, but even, it, even when they put um, two gay to function in the burn book and Katie mm-hmm. thinks to herself like, Oh no, is that only okay when Janice says it? Like she's thinking, Ooh, that might not be a great thing to say, you know? Yeah. And, and it's also because when Janice says it, Janice is speaking from the same level as Damien in the sense that mm-hmm. in their little society, they're both looked down on. Yeah. So they're sort of like taking their power back by saying that. But if Katie says it, she's one of the, you know, quote unquote elite. So when she says it, it actually takes on a different meaning. And she's like figuring that out in that moment, which is pretty progressive because I feel like people really struggle with that today. They're like, why can't I say this? Why can't I say that? Well, yeah. Power dynamics, you know, (laughs) it's complicated. And, and you know, bringing Janice Ian into it, like there's a lot of discussion now, like who is the meaner girl? Is it, is it, is it Regina George or is it Janice Ian who who finds this like new student who doesn't know anybody kind of recognizes that and then uses and manipulates her to get back at Regina George for like an old middle school grudge. So I'm so glad you mentioned this because watching this as an adult, um, I mean, I was an adult when it came out, but Mm -hmm. I'm 10 years older now plus. And so when I saw it, I was like, man, you know, she's pretty awful. And like, maybe it's even a little harder to digest because, okay, Regina George, there's that scene where Tina Fey's like, who feels like they've been victimized by Regina George? And everybody <laughs> raises their hand. Yes, even the principal. <laughs> yes. And, um, you know, so everyone is targeted by Regina. I, I wouldn't say that Janice is even more targeted. But there's something in, like, terrible about how she just fostered and grew this hatred into this grand scheme that has so many levels of revenge to it that are mm-hmm. not necessary and then when everyone's doing those confessions she just makes you know Katie the the fall girl for all of it and it's yeah. like dang and maybe it also doesn't help that she reminds me of someone that I knew that oh, I no. think is mean yeah that I was like friends with that now I'm like that person was mean um Maybe that's part of it, too. But yeah, like she is kind of the real villain of the film in some ways. Well, and it doesn't help that during the film, they don't really do much to kind of develop the relationship between Katie, Janice and Damien. Like you don't see them together a lot. You see Katie with the plastics and again, watching it. As you get older and older, you're like, ooh, you know, Janice was really manipulative and, and Damien kind of was too. Um, it feels like in high school, there's just this, in this movie, there's an accepted level of just meanness. Yeah. And it's like, maybe that's part of it where like they're sort of victims of the fact that they're in that environment. Um, but it, it does feel weird now. Whereas back then I was like, oh yeah, it's okay to be like, so mean i guess <laughs> you know, you know I, like, think, I tolerated that i suppose but now i'm like oh no i don't i don't know i think these different levels are what makes this movie so easy to to re-watch multiple times because yeah. nobody's really 
the hero and nobody's really the villain in the end because you see they all come from different backgrounds and they all have these different experiences and just kind of watching them develop and grow and then eventually into their senior year in that little epilogue that we get um, really watch them grow kind of into adults. I mean, who hasn't held on to kind of, you know, uh, petty grievances with somebody. And then as you get older, you're like, well, that was kind of silly. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I would love to say that I'm free from that, but I, I know I wasn't. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, very, very much. So, yeah, I guess it's, you know, it's a, it's a, they're all growing like you, like you're saying, and, and they end up in a different place in the end where they can kind of finally move on from all this. And, you know, in some ways the burn book helped them do that. Yes, it finally helped them get past everything. But Miss Miss Norbury was definitely a, a big part of that too. Um, oh, for sure. And I think it was it was because they portrayed her as like a, a younger teacher. So yes, I think yeah. I think the whole thing was, you know, she was there not too long ago and kind of was able to relate to these girls on a level that everybody else was struggling to, even their own parents, you know? For uh, sure. Which, which I think was great for the character. And I love that Tina Fey took that role herself. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just, she played it so genuinely. Like it just seemed very natural to her. Um, it, yeah. I felt that it was almost like, you know, it, it was before she wrote, you know, bossy pants and all the things that she's been involved with and done since then that are feminist, but it, it definitely felt like she was sort of saying, you know, we could have an active, role and how these women turn out like we can when they're young have these big conversations like the the raising their hand in the gym I love that like I kind of wish that had happened in my high school like have some perspective you know yeah and and how how to move on and get past certain things and how to grow from them and I feel like so often in older teen movies you know older women are always just like a foil or, you know, competition or like, Oh, I hope I don't get old, you know? And so like, this is kind of the start of reversing some of that and like, you know, being a mentor instead of just, you know, a silly frazzled teacher Um, because she becomes such a mentor to Katie by the end, they're very close. And I, I even love the rumor that, you know, that Katie pushes, she's a pusher and, (laughs) <laughs> somebody goes what it, does that mean she sold drugs and she goes probably and it it felt so much like things that i know that i said when i was young yeah. where you end up saying something so freaking mean and in the moment when you're like angry it just kind of all comes out and then later you think about it and somebody like like remember when you said this or they like you hear it somewhere else and you're like man i i <sighs> didn't mean that you know and so and her getting to like process that i love when tina fey like confronts her and is like is is there anything you want to say to me (laughs) which is awesome because that never you never get to have that moment so i I like that too and then um you know her forgiving her and moving on she's like you can make it up to me by joining the mathletes well you 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 absolutely know that tina fey knows it was katie heron (laughs) who wrote that in the book because she had that conversation with her not that long before about being a pusher. She, she knows it was Katie Heron who put that in the book and that's why she was so disappointed. But I think, I think one of the cool things about having the writer of the film 
playing a part in it is she was able to give all these actors kind of input on their characters and kind of work with the director in a way that we don't get to see a lot. Because most of the mm. time, you know, a film is written and then it's handed off and the writer has nothing else to do with it whatsoever. Right. Yeah, but, that's a good point. But Tina Fey really got to be a mentor to these these young actors and really kind of help them develop these characters and in the end develop their careers. And it's it's cool to see that like happening on screen and feeling that chemistry and seeing it. And again, it, it just makes it so easy to rewatch. It's so much fun. I, I completely agree. I never thought of it that way, but you're right. She's a mentor in the film and in, and in real life. That's pretty cool. Um, there's so many, you, you said earlier, there's so many like little moments. Um, and I was thinking about a couple of my favorite little moments. I like, when they're all sharing those heartfelt stories and I forgot about that girl that's like, I wish I could take you all and hug you all and then rainbows and someone's like, I think Damien's like, she doesn't go here. She doesn't even go here. And he's in the blue hoodie with the sunglasses because it's supposed to be all the junior girls and he's just like oh yeah there and trying to like hide. Yes. She and doesn't even go like, here. She's like, Do you go here? And she's like, No. And she's like, Okay. No, but I just have a lot of feelings. <laughs> That's like so perfect. I don't know. That that part makes me laugh really hard. And then the other, I don't know why, but like one of my favorite parts is when Tina Fey um, gets that coffee spilled all over her. And then she tries to take her sweater oh, no. off and her whole shirt goes over her head and like everybody sees her bra. <laughs> yes. I, I love Tim Meadows reaction when he comes in and goes, um, is everything okay in here? Like she's like, it's... my shirt is sticking <laughs> to my sweater, isn't it? <laughs> she's like, yep. She's like, okay, can you just uh, pull that down? Like, I can't imagine as like, if I were a teacher, any more horrifying thing that could possibly happen in front of a classroom. So that part just makes me laugh and then yeah Tim Meadows reaction <laughs> he's like do I need to intervene here like what is happening yes it's just it's really good but you know almost that entire confessions part is just perfect because all the girls are being so backhanded in their confessions <laughs> like mm -hmm. the first one walks up and she's like <laughs> it's backfiring sorry I called you a buck tooth bitch it's not your fault <laughs> you're so buck tooth <laughs> you're not fat because i hate you i hate you or no i don't hate you because you're fat you're fat because i hate you and you know just like those <laughs> things but there's still like all the girls are catching them and then uh gretchen goes up and she's like um i'm sorry i'm so popular but just i guess everybody loves me and you know uh, sorry about it and yeah. then she falls back and Karen is the only one to stay there. And she gets like crushed. <laughs> They're like, walk it off girls, walk it off. <laughs> yeah. Like that whole scene. It's, you can see in uh, Mrs. Norbury's face. She's like, am I uh, losing control of this ship? It doesn't seem to be yes. going down the way that I anticipated. <laughs> oh, and also from the, the kind of talk, I don't, I don't see this one as much online, but I, I always love this line. Um, she's, the one girl, kind of the first one who raises her hand, uh, this is when the um, the principal is still doing it before he's handed it off to Miss Norbury. And he's like, uh, does anybody have a lady problem they'd like to discuss? And the one girl with the, <laughs> the curly red hair raises her hand. She's <laughs> like, everybody thinks I'm lying about being a virgin because I use extra wide tampons. But it's not my fault I have a large vagina and a heavy flow. 
(laughs) (laughs) And just, I love how frank she is and how like none of the girls like cringe or think it's funny. But like the guy in the room is just like, I don't know how to talk about this. And it just, it seems so (laughs) dang real. Like, (laughs) I just, I absolutely love that line. And I love the actress throughout the whole movie. I think she's fabulous. And I wish she would have blown up because she deserves it. Yeah, I liked her. I like, there's so many little parts in the movie that are just great. I even like the, the mathletes um, that she, uh, competes with and they keep making a point again i think like putting little messages in there like you know he he uh kevin comes up to her and he's like we need a girl on the team so we can get more funding um (laughs) which is like a little jab but it's also like a comment on like hey there's not enough women mathletes to the point where we'll give you funding if we can find some um and her dumbing herself down for Aaron. Like there's just so many little things like that, that I I think are really cool and very, very good commentary on, on all those kinds of things in high school. Yeah. Well, and especially like in the end when she found out, like if she had just been herself, Aaron would have liked her even more. But I mean, that feels like very evolved too, because you know, when you think back on like pretty in pink, mm -hmm. um, it, it, it's like that movie almost rewards bad behavior like he's horrible the whole movie and then it's like at the end he's like well oh i'm i'm good now and she's like okay i love you and like now we're like "Eh, i don't like that guy like i I don't like him but like aaron is genuinely just a sweet person that happens to be handsome (laughs) you know and uh, great at sports he doesn't mean he's got this evil mean agenda um and he doesn't really he doesn't really ever play into that the whole movie that character is not really in a clique he's manipulated by regina um, she's beautiful but he tries to see the good in everybody and that's kind of why they dated that is something interesting i do love that they kind of let the i don't know kind of the alpha male character i guess be a soft boy yeah he's just sweet and yeah. even when, you know, Lindsay's character is like, why, why would you date her? Why do you like her? And he's like, there's good and bad in everybody. And why do you like her? And she's like, oh, I don't, ooh, you know, but it's, it's cool because that shows a good side in him. Like, she, I think in that moment she was going to find out she thought something bad about him, mm-hmm. but instead he's just totally honest. Like, well, I see the good in her, which makes him a good person. You know, <laughs> <laughs> when you watched it recently, did you watch any of the deleted scenes? No, I actually rented it on iTunes, so okay. I didn't have any of the deleted scenes. Tell me about those, though. <laughs> so actually, um, oh, what is it? When uh, oh, when Katie and Regina are finally kind of confronting each other, like Regina knows that Katie likes Aaron, and she's trying to talk Katie out of going after him, and she says all he does is like worry about school and his mother. <laughs> the the mother thing was actually supposed to be developed more there's like two oh. scenes where like we find out that his dad left and it's just him and his mom any he kind of helps Aww. take care of his mom like he does the laundry he does all the household chores and he's kind of like just this good son um Aww. i know it's kind of cute i'm That's like really oh sweet. look but <laughs> they they cut it out for pacing issue like yeah and I, I saw why, like it, it, they're slow scenes and it, the movie yeah. is better without them, but it's, it's kind of nice to, to see that extra bit of 
character development in there. Yeah, and that even adds an extra layer of meanness to Regina's comment because she probably knows she does. that their dad left and so she, he needs to be her emotional support and she's basically like, ugh, what a drag on me that my boyfriend is supportive towards his mom. Like, ugh, that's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the movie feels like such a time capsule. Like, it watching does. it, it's the fashion, the music, um, even like... They, they have a couple of jokes about girls gone wild. Like there is yeah. uh, the, the younger, Regina's younger sister, Kylie is watching the commercial for girls gone wild and like lifts up her <laughs> shirt kind of as a background thing. Don't worry guys. Yeah. She's wearing like a little cami underneath it. So it's, it's <laughs> she does um, that. And also the milkshake dance, the milkshake dance. And then um, <laughs> the secretary comes in once everybody finds out about the burn book and she's like, they've gone wild. The girls have gone wild. <laughs> yeah that's true i wonder if people now would even know what that is i don't are those are those like films still a thing i don't watch cable anymore so i have no idea well actually the reason why they're not is because um i don't want i don't want to get too serious with it but um the guy that created it got into legal trouble for shooting women that were underage so children and uh at the time and i you know how i know that because it was on the kardashians <laughs> holy crap okay well <clears throat> because well, they had a partnership together and during one of the episodes all that stuff breaks oh well they cover it in the reality show <laughs> so that's how i know <laughs> well i'm glad it's no longer a thing and i'm i really hope that that dude got nailed um, he did good um, yeah <laughs> fabulous but yeah no it is kind of funny how part of how a part of pop culture consciousness that was in 2004 it, it, yeah. and then when you hear it you're like oh man that's like not even a thing anymore and like what you said earlier about the the technology i, di I didn't even think about that but yeah there's no three-way calling anymore like but you know what's you so funny <laughs> it's like the movie actually influenced social media at the time so i don't know mm. if you remember this but there was actually a group of like i think four or five gay men who lived in New York who were in like their late teens, early twenties, right after the film came out on MySpace, who called themselves the plastics. And they had like oh. tons of friends and they actually started cyberbullying and ended up uh, one of the people that they bullied committed suicide and they ended oh up God. like on the news. Yeah. Yeah. And they called themselves the plastics based on the movie. Oh my God. Well, yeah. I remember like I had a, a group of, <laughs> this is like a long time ago. Don't worry. But when I was <laughs> younger, um, I worked with a group of girls that like called themselves the mean girls and they were like super mean. And like, we were adults by this point and like they ended up losing their jobs over it. And I mean, they were just told like, you're too mean. And I, I always thought like, they really missed the point of that movie. They really like, did. If you become, if you form a plastics, it's kind of like watching Fight Club and forming a Fight Club. That's not, that's not the message you're supposed to walk away with. I mean, come yeah. on, like, like at the end <laughs> of the movie when they, when they reference the junior plastics and they all get hit by a bus. I mean, we're, yeah, we're... you're supposed to be like, oh, they're mean. I don't want to be them. I've learned a yeah. lesson. <laughs> Sunshine, you know. 
but um yeah that's that that's tragic i mean it definitely foretold cyberbullying for sure i mean it did. so that makes sense and like when you think of shows like gossip girl you know mm-hmm. um <clears throat> reminds me a lot of the burn book and wow yeah things have uh, changed mean girls really influenced pop culture and a lot of film and television that came out after it mm-hmm. i think um it was just seen as such a a different comedy for the time like a lot of a lot of comedy was really raunchy and again the raunchiness was was there in the script and some of the deleted scenes um but i almost think that like i mean i hate the mpaa i wish they would just leave movies alone and we could see them as you know they were meant to be seen right but um I almost think the meddling kind of worked in this case. Yeah. Even though I, I think it's rated R, isn't it? Good question. Um, it's so funny. Like as you get older, you just never look at ratings anymore. I know. <laughs> I have PG 13. So okay. I think you have to like throw in a couple F words or something to. But like I fuck once or twice, you know? I feel like opening up the film to a wider audience and making it friendlier for like actual teenagers and preteens to watch maybe was, right. was a a good thing. Yeah. It, it skates the line. Um, but like you're saying, uh, the masturbating joke is hilarious, but maybe it's just the fact that they get really close and don't go there. Then parents aren't going to like intervene and not let their kids watch it, but yeah. they're still going to get that subversive message you know that speaks to them um at the same time because of who's writing it so yeah i agree with you you know man when they go to the mall i'm just like the mall the mall was so important (laughs) like when we watch older movies i'm always like oh man remember the mall (laughs) oh my gosh like back before oh man i think like i had a cell phone i think when i was a junior but like for a sophomore i didn't have a cell phone but that was like back when mom would drop you off at the mall at a certain place and be like i will be here at eight o'clock to pick you up and you better be right here at eight o'clock and you had to like look for the clocks in the mall to make sure that you (laughs) knew when to be back there and you would meet up with your friends and go to the arcade and like go into shops and all the poor shopkeepers would roll their eyes because they knew that you were a 14-year-old with no money. Um. Yep. You're basically your babysitter somehow in a weird way. Yeah, my dad yes. would like drop me off for like hours. Like I, I think I joked on one of my episodes. I was like, it was borderline negligent. He'd just be like, I'll come oh, get you gosh. later. And uh, and I know that at one point I had, I don't know what year it was, but I had like a, a beeper and then I would have to like <laughs> go call him on a payphone. <laughs> using my beeper and communicate that way so but you know we were teenagers at the right time like back back when like baggy baggy pants were a thing and like everybody had Mm -hmm. pockets so like we had we had quarters for ddr at the yeah Yeah. never enough but i had them (laughs) walking around jingling in your your giant jenko pants yes (laughs) yes i definitely had those um (laughs) It was amazing. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. So so fun to think about all that stuff. Um, did we miss any uh, scenes in the movie that that you still wanted to cover? Oh my goodness. Um, I think those are the big. I mean, 
everybody knows this movie, whether they want to or not, whether they've seen it or not, <laughs> just because of all of the dang memes. Like on mm-hmm. Wednesdays, we wear pink, of course. So we all wear pink on Wednesdays. That's yes. I I have a coworker. Um, her and I worked together for like two years, and she was like, "I thought you said you were scared of commitment." And I turned to her and I was like, "What are you talking about?" And she's like. You said that you don't like to date, and I was like, "Yeah." And she's like, "You're not scared of commitment, though, because you wear Wednesday, you wear pink every single Wednesday, and have for like the two years that I've known you." And I was like, "Oh, well, you know, that's that's just <laughs> that's part of the culture, honey." <laughs> I love that. I like the Jingle Bell Rock scene. I do want to sneak that in. That that is a very good one, and you know, um, Katie was originally the one who was supposed to mess up and. Uh, kick the the cd player oh but she's got the singing chops though so yeah so they work the they work the singing there um and then they also thought it was better because we get that really good that's kind of like the triple threat for gretchen wieners because we get her messing that up and then we get that great shot of her like distressed face fading from talent night into um Oh, she's giving the the report on Caesar and Brutus. And she gets all upset. And then we get one more fade away right after that. And then it's her and Katie in the bathroom. And she talks about her hoop earrings. And they were so proud of like that fade away and how it only worked if they they took like from Katie messing the song up and giving that to Gretchen and kind of mm. letting Gretchen go through that humiliation conga. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I love I I didn't notice the last time that they even steal the or Regina steals the choreography from Janice. Yes, she does. And you have to and like they haven't even been friends. It's it's so weird to watch it though and think like, did Janice really do this? Like how sexual the dance is. <laughs> like when and she you was get, like twelve or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you get the <laughs> you get the cutaways to like Katie's dad when they're like you know, dropping it low and slapping their thighs <laughs> and bringing it back up. So hard. <laughs> and you see the dad's face and his eyebrows raised. <laughs> and then, of course, Amy Poehler's out there in the middle with the camcorder, and she's trying to like do all the dance moves with them. And I love it. Oh, it's it's so fabulous. It's so yeah. Fun. But it's like it speaks to like Regina's so unoriginal. All she can do is like see what other people are doing and then take it over. Yeah. And so that's even that's another reason why. Um, Lindsay singing her song is just so you know horrible to her Um, (laughs) but yeah no you're you're right that I don't know I think you know it kind of reminded me of some of the cringy um, singing and dancing in in Drop Dead Gorgeous too so oh goodness yes (laughs) well then we get uh, Damien singing uh, I Am Beautiful just before that but I love the way he, those people like make fun of him in the front row, and he really just like <laughs> he, like kicks throws them the shoe right back at him. Yes. <laughs> yes, I liked that. I was like, okay, that that was that makes that worth it. <laughs> oh, it's fabulous! And like speaking of, he's singing "I Am Beautiful." Like the music is also such a like little time capsule. We've got so many songs like uh, uh, "Dancing with Myself" by the Donnas, mm-hmm. "God Is a DJ" by Pink, "Milkshake." Um, oh my goodness, we have I uh, the name of the ending song, but the ending song too. I was like, oh man, like as soon as it plays, you're like, oh yes, I remember this time. Halcyon on and on. Yeah, yeah. That uh <laughs> which was also the ending song to Hackers, another fabulous film. Oh, 
Oh, uh, man, I haven't seen that in a minute. Oh, that's a good one. We'll add yeah. that one to the list. There you go. <laughs> I remember I got like a pixie cut when that came out, but it I was too inept to like keep up the style so everyone's like oh you you got the haircut like angelina jolie in that movie and i was like i didn't mean to though i'm not <laughs> pulling it off <laughs> so, it's not the same <laughs> that's how i remember that film but yeah that 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 would be a fun one to talk about for sure definitely another time capsule movie <laughs> yes but no like um oh no what else is there See Wednesday we were pink. Oh, <laughs> another one from where um, they're all kind of having their own little confessions. Uh, Karen's confession mm-hmm. when she's like, "I'm so sorry, I made fun of you that time that you got diarrhea at Barnes and Noble, and then I told <laughs> everybody about it, and then I reminded them of it now." <laughs> <laughs> so good man there's just so many good little snippets like that i love when everyone's going crazy when all the girls are going crazy from the burn book and (laughs) tim tim meadows grabs that baseball bat (laughs) it's like what is he gonna do with that but it's just it's just a funny reaction i think (laughs) well and speaking of all the craziness like that was another fun thing in the film like that kind of led up to that katie kind of imagining all of these people around her, like these high school kids as animals on the Serengeti. Yes. uh, Like acting like apes and stuff and fighting with each other. And then all of a sudden we get to where everybody now has seen the burn book and she (laughs) closes her eyes and opens them again. And everybody's still fighting and acting crazy. And she's like, Oh no, it's happening for real this time. (laughs) Yes. And it's kind of fun. They did something interesting with that. Um, So every time Katie had an inner thought, they actually slowed down the frame rate. Oh, okay. Yeah, it did kind of look like that, which I feel like looks very like National Geographic, like sort of mimicking those nature shows. I think they slowed it from like 32 frames per second to 24 four frames per second so not like Mm. a lot but just enough where you could kind of tell and it just it has such a wonderful effect and they said they actually did it just because some of the lines were taking a little bit too long and it was kind of blending into (laughs) the happy accident yeah and it ended up just working so well it just gives you this feeling of like you know how things kind of seem to go slow motion when you're realizing stuff um, yeah. because you've got that little bump of adrenaline in you mm-hmm. and it that was such a great way of just kind of portraying that in film and it was done by accident it was because they needed to give Lindsay a little bit more time to get her lines in ah that's that's a really cool fact yeah I definitely did not know that but it, it does make sense and and it also helps the audience separate those scenes from reality too you know they seem yeah they seem different um oh that's really cool I love it. And like, um, oh, what was another thing? Kevin G. Uh, <laughs> he was a member <laughs> of the athletes. So he had such a heavy Canadian accent. He was a local actor. And they said they loved him so much. They would sit there and coach him for like hours before a scene to get like the accents right. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> and cool. Tina Fey and Amy Poehler were the ones who coached him on rapping for the, uh, <laughs> the winter talent scene. And uh. Tina Fey was like, 
it feels like the weirdest thing to have two little white ladies <laughs> giving <laughs> rapping lessons. But, you know, you pick things up on SNL. There you go. Yeah, no. And, and it helps because his rap is like super cringy and like not really very cool. Yeah. So it makes sense that, you know, it would they wouldn't like call uh, a, an established rapper to come in and help him with his rhymes because, you know, you don't want yeah. him to be too good at it either. <laughs> and I, I think it was perfect that he ended up with Janice in the end. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and he establishes early on in the film in the party scene. Or no, the not the part the jingle bell rock scene. He's like, I, I'd rather see you shaking it out there. <laughs> yes. And so it kind of comes full circle in the end. And I think that's cool too. Is he kind of has this um, persona that he puts on with like the rapping and just the things he says. But underneath it, he's very genuine. And yeah, know, he he's just, he just likes her. He's a nice guy. He just, he's, he's trying way too hard to be cool. He's in high school. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's, he's, yeah. Um, no, yeah. I forgot about that, but that's, that's really cool. Yeah. They, they had, they made sense. <laughs> yeah. I now, would have liked the scene in end cap for Damien too, but oh well. That, that would have been really nice if we could have had like an on screen actual, you know, LGBT. QIA plus relationship but I mean we did get the lesbian kiss uh, which they were very surprised that they didn't have to cut that out oh yeah well and also you know unfortunately it could kind of be seen either way right like yeah because of how it happens and how they're like you know so it's like yes that's good but also it you know it it didn't feel like it was just for yeah uh, yeah it also felt like it was aimed at cis white males. <laughs> girl on girl yeah. always feels like so, um, like very exploitative. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is. I feel like we've definitely gotten a lot better and I think you have to kind of credit this movie a little bit for pushing some of those things along, you know? things evolved since then and i i think like having even subtle stuff like the you know we talked about the main uh jock um being just a nice guy you get a lot of cool teen films now where there's no bad guy you know that everyone's just kind of you know different but there's not like there was that movie um to all the boys i loved before you know Mm -hmm. and uh, there's another one too i can't remember the name but it's like there's no like evil guys and you know it's a little a little bit better representation and you know different tone so i I kind of appreciate that i think this movie kind of pushed some of that forward for sure trailblazing yes (laughs) my favorite trailblazing movie mean girls (laughs) (laughs) but no i think i don't know if you haven't seen this movie you just need to go watch it and enjoy it especially if you grew up around that time um, I mean, even even younger kids, I think, will get quite a lot out of it just because, you know, being a teenager never really changes that much. Agreed. Yeah, there's just a lot there that's relatable. <laughs> and like you said, it's a little bit timeless. Um, that kind of brings me to my last couple of questions for you. Okay. We've talked about it this whole time. You know, we've kind of covered all the reasons why we love this film. But if you had to summarize it, why do you think you love this movie so much? And, and why do you think you've seen it so many times? 
I just think it's so easy to relate to. I mean, again, it, it, it came out while I was in high school. I was the same age as these characters, but I think it's been so easy to rewatch just because you're watching a couple of really awkward underdogs just kind of finding themselves. And in the end, nobody really hates each other. They've figured out a way to kind of work it all out and get closure with each other. And I think that's, that's just a great message for humanity, you know? Um, Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. I think even though I was a little older than the characters when I saw it, I felt like I related to Lindsay Lohan's character because I went to, I went from like a private school to like a more public school mm -hmm. and I went from like being sort of like the weird kid at one school to when I went to a school that had different types of people I was like way more accepted and I kind of felt like her a little bit like oh I'm getting like I'm the new girl like this is fun like that's never happened to me before (laughs) and but I also was always seen as the wholesome you know doesn't curse Christian kid and so I was really struggling with that because I I didn't see myself that way and, and kind of had to get away from that. So like there was a lot of stuff I think about her character that I really related to. I was never like a queen bee or the most popular, or you know, prom queen or anything. I mean, nowhere near that, but certain aspects of her character I really liked and related to. Um, and it's just so funny, you know, it's like, yeah. there's so many teen films that are like, they're like fine. Um, and I, and they're, they're good, but this one is like hilarious. I think it's a little next level. I think it's a little deeper than some other teen films are. And I just appreciate it, appreciate it for all those reasons. Exactly. While it's a time capsule, the humor doesn't feel dated. It still feels fresh. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Perfect. And if you had to, you know, pitch this movie to someone, like what's, what's sort of like your elevator pitch for why they should see this film? elevator pitch for why they should see this film um gosh Lindsay lohan at her height and the beginnings of um amanda seyfried and rachel mcadams and tina fey like this film launched a generation it really did it's yeah it's it's a pivotal film in uh entertainment I completely agree. Yeah, I I think in ways that I probably didn't realize until we were talking about it. But um, you you nailed it. I think that's perfect. It's there. You can see why these people, you know, ended up doing such great things, such great work. And it's great that, you know, Tina Fey saw that potential in all of them. Um, And it's just so well written. And I think it's like you could see the cover and have like one uh, you know, impression of it, but it's it's probably pretty different than if all you've seen are the memes, you're missing out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and if you ever one. saw the uh, <laughs> the theatrical trailer or the the television trailers were terrible, like Ugh. so 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 bad. Like that was my my least favorite part of the DVD extras <laughs> were the trailers. Like, oh, I'm gonna was, watch after this. I hate when that happens. It was advertised terribly, but I'm I'm. That's why I'm glad it still ended up doing well. I think probably through word of mouth. Um, And I mean, it still has great ratings on like um, Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritics. It has high percentages. It's it's just it's really good. It was loved by audiences and it was loved by critics and it, it deserves it because it was it was a really fun film. It's it's not emotionally taxing to watch, 
but it's True. also not just like brainless. Like exactly. you're, yeah. you're, you're very involved, but it's, it's fun. And afterwards it's not like, whew, I need to go pop a Xanax, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I like movies that take characters like this or concepts like this, you know, like the queen bees and stuff, but really humanizes them. You know, I think Clueless did that um, mm-hmm. or like Legally Blonde does that for that character. They sort of take stereotypes and then they kind of build on them and add to them. They're layered. Um, so, yeah, you still get them, but they're like, there's more there and they're such good movies. Yes. Well, this was super fun. I feel like I learned a lot about this movie <laughs> in this discussion. I really am here for it. I really appreciate it. Definitely. Like I, I love talking about stupid stuff like this and I, <laughs> I read way too much Wikipedia and TV tropes and same weird Buzzfeed articles. So, you know, like and I'm it's, always, always willing to share my knowledge. It's always weird when, when you're in a conversation, you're like, Oh, did you know that guy directed this, this and this? And people just look at you and they're like, <laughs> so what? And you're like, that's a really cool fact you're supposed to appreciate that I gave you. Never That's when you do like the little <laughs> rim shot and then walk away awkwardly. Yeah, you're like that was that went over well. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is the right place for all that because that's all we want to do here is talk about movies. So, um, thank you so much for coming on. You definitely have to think about your next film. Hope to have you back soon. Oh, definitely. I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm.